Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to Bash University Live. Right. It's me or it's the block. Probably me, but maybe it's a commercial block. As always, we got we got a few technical glitches going on behind the scenes, but we are glad glad to be back live with you guys. I'll own it. <laughs> That's good. Wait, we're back live. That's the the most important part. That's right. And uh, and yeah. I'm real excited. We got a a friend of the show, friend of mine, known for forever. Uh, you know, comes from a great family in the fishing world, and uh, we're tickled to death to have him with us. Uh, you know, uh, and it's Dan Quinn from Rapala. They've been part of Bash University for as long as I can remember, and we appreciate him. And we always love having Dan on the show. Dan, how are you, buddy? It's good to have you on the show tonight. Hey, Pete. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good time. It is awesome to have you on. Are you are you calling us from some ice shanty in Minnesota, or where where are you calling us from? <laughs> Could be. Lakes are plenty frozen. It's like uh, below zero probably right now. So huh. it's plenty cold, but I'm I'm inside. I I find myself ice fishing a little less every year, and more so uh, going south to go fast fishing. So. <laughs> That, that's the time. Everybody's doing it, man. Are you going to come down uh, for any of the tournaments uh, soon? February's loaded with Florida tournaments. I don't know if I'm going to get down there for one. I'll definitely be at the Classic and the Red Crest, but I got a little south. I went to Missouri and fished with Cody Huff, but, of course, I had to run out of there. It was an ice storm coming. I brought the cold front with me. So. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> no kidding. How was that? Did you did you guys uh, do the jig and wrap thing around Standing Timber? What did you guys do? We did. We did that and then some. Yeah, I got a real crash course in it. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. That's amazing to me. And, you know, you guys probably heard us on the show before. We're, I'm always so fascinated that this, the the jig and wrap, the, the, we call it the ice jig. It's such a popular bait uh, for Rapala. It's, it's like one of your number one selling baits. Mm. It is. Yeah, we went for a full year where it was actually the number one selling bait. And it's it's one of those fascinating lures that took off um, as an ice fishing lure originally, then as a walleye lure with the one and only Al Linder kind of pioneered at open water for walleyes and multi-species. Um, it's got tons of applications for panfish, multi-species. But what's amazing now is that it's taken off as um, an open water bass fishing lure for the the forward facing sonar it's it's far and away the deal you know it's it's incredible it, it, it is fascinating and i'm still waiting for you to come east to give me my lesson <laughs> well i think what you may need to do is go to missouri and fish with cody <laughs> that, yeah and it's actually what was cool is the it's the flat jig so it's the ounce and three sixteenths because those fish are moving and they're, you know, 40, 50, 60 feet down, you've got you've to lead them and hit them right on the head. And the heavier, the better. So mm. the number six flat jig is actually anytime Cody Huff's fishing in 40 or deeper is the only lure he's fishing with. Number six flat, I'm writing that down. Uh, they're sold, I honestly would. They're sold out everywhere. I, you know, uh, they're, you, it, it's just, it's amazing uh, that it's so effective you're fishing deep with it. So what, where were you guys on, like, the White River Lakes, or where were you guys fishing? So we start. So it was really fascinating. You'll appreciate this, and I'm sure a lot of the people tuning in will. We started on Table Rock. We were going to do a ta Dan Table Rock and a Dan Bull Shoals. So um, we went off to Table Rock, 
it, it, it cooled off enough where the shad had gone out to 100, 105 feet. And I guess once the shad get out that deep, they're out kind of getting ma- towards the main lake and main lake out of the creek arms. The bass kind of leave them alone. It's just too deep, whatever. The, the, you can't really pinpoint them. They kind of go back towards shore, which was interesting. It, it didn't work for what we were trying to do. So we kind of pulled the pin early and went to both shoals, and it was the right call. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's water clarity or temperature or whatever, but those shad were in about 75 feet. And they're, they're very you – could, you could see the bass blowing holes through the shad I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. Wow, wow! wow. I got, got where where can we see all this stuff? That we did some videos with Wired to Fish. There'll be some of that, and then Cody's he's he's just a master of it. It was interesting. We did a little bit with Brandon Polinick in Idaho last fall, doing it with for rainbow trout, kind of this this sharp shooting type technique. Um, but having fished with Patrick Walters Wheeler. And now Cody's, these guys that are so dialed in to forward-facing sonar, it was, to me, it's just, I, I really can appreciate it. You know, you hear some this and that, oh, yeah, it's these kids with this, the depth finders, it's too easy now. <laughs> it is so far and away not easy. <laughs> like, but, you know, the speed that guys are doing it at, they're going, they're fat, it's very fast. They're making quick little casts if the fish don't act, they're on to the next one. And they might go grab a sandwich and I'll kind of take over and I'm, before I know I'm putzing around with one fish and they would have thrown it like 20 by now. So it, it's just fascinating to me that there's, it, it's just created this whole new way to fish. And, and I mean, when things are set up for it, you are truly, you cannot beat these guys at this. When the, when the fish are set up like that, when they're off the bank, when they're relating to bait out, out in the, in, in the mix, out in the middle, uh, that's where it's at. Yeah. 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 Hundred hundred feet deep the shad go though. That's pretty that that to me is interesting because the shad almost seem to be like a survival mode. Uh they're swimming deeper than the bass are willing to go. Uh that's a fantastic observation. It it really is. Yeah, I mean Cody is very very dialed into that that area, those highland reservoirs and what those fish do and how they act and because he said a few weeks before, had we been there, it would have been a very different story. So it's it's day to day, you know, and I don't know if there was maybe the cold front just pushed them and they went a little deeper. But yeah, you'd think if they can survive that deep and the bass leave them alone, they'd be better off to go hang out there more often. Right. Why go shallow and get eaten when you can just chill, you know? down in 100 feet of water (laughs) yeah i don't know it was uh it was really interesting though but that dang jig and wrap you know i every time we talk about it that thing comes up but this was just another example of how amazing that bait is and for that guy cody who he's consistently winning right like wintertime stuff on both shoals that is the only bait he's fishing with wow that's that's really uh, you know it's all it's making me speechless because I'm like wow this is such a unique thing that he's he's way ahead of the curve on and even guys that know what he's doing he still you know seems to be out fishing everybody. Well, that that's what I found interesting and I can appreciate is it's not like you go out there and oh you just see all the fish and you mm-hmm. just cast them and catch them like it is so far from that. Um, it's a whole nother thing that these guys are it, they're treating it like a job. I got to go out, you know, work my eight to 10 hour day. And I'm just going to learn this. I'm going to learn how to be efficient my distances, my casting and getting my transducer so I can see the splash of my bait and then watch it and how it just goes straight down and 
learning what Bates do, because what, what's interesting too is Bates act very differently at different depths. So once you get past like say 25, 30 feet of water, your line, it, it acts like- Drags it. it. It totally reduces, even a flutter spoon doesn't move much, but the jig and wrap is magical at that depth. You mm. can't help that thing just dances and it's a little puppet down there, so. What, so uh, take me through that. Like you, you, you've identified a target you're you're gonna watch this bait fall. Uh, what's what's the you know he's in seventy five. I can't believe you guys are catching him out of seventy five feet of water. That's nuts. But uh, you know what do you, what are you doing with the bait? Like are you, are you ripping it up? Are you or I guess I guess you're letting the fish tell you the way that they want it. Yeah, it's a little. It was interesting if you at that depth, it didn't seem to bother them getting on top. So a lot of times you see him out 30, 40, 50, 60 feet, and he's moving so fast that you kind of get up on the fish, but he learns which direction they're swimming, to you, away, left or right, and you have to lead them. Because if you don't hit them on the head and get their attention, they just they don't see it and they're moving. Um, which to me, it's like you think they're in this huge aquarium type thing, and they, anything coming down they would see and go towards, but they certainly didn't. Wow. And it may be different day to day, but um, yeah, so you see the fish and you if if it's out there a ways you watch and you kind of get your bait to sit a couple feet and the, immediately you see the fish react and they come towards it and at that point you engage your reel and you're just kind of hopping it and it's just going like this it's kind of gliding and a lot of times they bite right pretty quick but if you're above them he kind of jigged it real aggressively maybe five six seven eight times and if the fish didn't bite he bait and the fish wasn't really committed to it he's just reeling up going to the next one um wow. and one one thing that is is critical to this whole recipe and i learned this from al and from a lot of time on the water is not using braid with a jig and wrap which deep water you think obviously you're going to use braid right Al only uses mono and cody huff only uses fluoro which fishing with brandon and those trout off the bat, he had braid to a, a maybe six, eight-foot floor leader. He lost three, four of them right away. He finally called and I said, you have anything with straight fluoro? Or probably don't have mono, but sure enough, he had straight fluoro. He never lost another one. And it's it's because fluoro stretches like mono, right? It's so, And having that stretch with the jig and wrap is, is a critical element to landing more fish. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's – and it, I fight it because I like the feel of braid, and I still will fish it. And it's I'm my own worst enemy there, but it is a it is absolutely the deal. And Cody has straight twelve pound floro on a bait caster. Man, it's funny because uh, you know I've got a uh, I've got Stockle and Riz over there, and, and you're talking about fishing less than three feet of water, and they're like, we we don't understand what's going on. We don't understand this conversation. <laughs> more than three. Yeah. <laughs> see, more, see more than five on the graph and start getting nervous. Here we are. We're supposed to talk about balls, so I'm talking about metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, honestly, though, I, I love it, and I'm just excited after seeing that last week. It's just so fresh, and it was so intriguing to me. And I, you all, all you guys love bass fishing, and it was a cool opportunity. Uh, so, uh, are, are you seeing other species out there? Like, how did, how's, I, 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 I was working that bait a little bit. Uh, the summer up up in uh, up in Maine, and uh, I would get around white perch, and they would just absolutely destroy it. Oh yeah, right. And I could see them on the forward facing come up with the lure, and they would go back down with the lure. They come up with the lure. It was like it was almost like you were 
puppeteering him, you know. Um, totally. Yeah, yeah it, it was crazy to we watch were. the action of the school and then try to get one to react. Um, I tried to switch over to some bigger smallmouth, but um, and I was catching them too. But the white perch were so reactive. Wow. And big white perch too, like 12, 14 inch white perch. They were they, they were, you know, fun to catch. But we the first fish he caught was like a three and a half pound white bass, which. Yeah. It was the biggest right. white bass I've ever seen. I didn't realize Bull Shoals has some giant white bass, but we caught largemouth, um, big white bass, and then a cro- I caught the biggest crappie. We caught a 16-inch crappie. Wow. Just one, one solo blob. I just kind of pitched my flat jig at it and I caught it. Nice. Everything, yeah, it's 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 amazing because guys are most guys are fishing the bank with wiggle warts and jerk baits or spinner baits and right. catching some, but Cody's out there, no man's land, just. You know, winning tournaments by, you know, twenty five percent of the way. I mean, like five pound lead. You know, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Crazy. Man, what's a good day like that? Were, were you catching like twenty, thirty, hundred fish days doing that stuff? I went. We didn't catch tons, but he said far, it was far and away worse than it had been. I guess this we're kind of at the bottom of the barrel as far as that bite goes, where the fish are as deep as they're going to get. They're a little more scattered. He said a week ago, two weeks, three weeks ago there were huge schools of bass, you know, 20, 30, 40 bass. And when they're the, the more fish in the school, the more aggressive they were, the more competitive the fish were. And the, the, you know, they're just more eager to bite. They're easier to catch versus we, he wouldn't really stop on many singles, but a double or a triple was what we were targeting just because that's what was there. They had scattered out enough. How fast was the idling? We, he would idle real until he saw the bait. As soon as he saw the bait in the general vicinity of where he thought they should be, he just stopped and he's immediately on that trolling Scanning. motor. Yeah. But the trolling motor's on high, like, okay. like hold on to your seat. <laughs> You're going to get thrown <laughs> out. And just constantly moving. And yeah, it's it, it's impressive to watch a guy work with that thing when they really know what they're doing because yeah, they're cool. so, di- they know exactly what they want. Yep. And they, you know, that's just, they know exactly what to look for and they don't stop until they see it. And then when they do, it's hit the brakes, throw the bait, a couple of jigs and boom, they're either caught it or they didn't and they're back to it. So it's, a, it's fascinating. What, what, what where, I, I can't, I, your enthusiasm and excite. I just love this conversation because uh, it, it's so foreign, but what, what's, where are you finding the, are they on points? Are they just randomly roaming? Are they in cuts? creeks or Has, where, where are you just, looking for fish remember him randall roaming yeah yeah what about randall he, roaming? well you just said randall roaming, <laughs> randall roaming. <laughs> did i say that you said. No. <laughs> but, it, but it where, where, where like what's the target like he's got to know where to idle yeah what the hell i think the general gist of it is you start at the main lake and get and some of these, and, and granted, by no, I'm nobody needs no sort of an expert, but just observing what I did is you find the higher, the creeks that maybe he has history with. So he kind of probably streamlined the process, but long story short, it seemed you start in the lake and just drive right down the gut of these creek arms yeah. and you just drive at, at a, a little faster than idle. And you look for these big clouds of shad. And if, if he got, to say he figures that there's no way the fish are shallower than 50. As soon as we got to 50 and there were no no, no bait, immediately just fly out of there into the next one. Okay. And just a lot of idling until you find the bait. And as soon as you find the bait, they seem to be in a general area, which is, which is often like a depth. Like they're in 60 to 65 or 
for us, they were in like 72 to 80. Man, this is this is revolutionary. Yeah. People, people haven't fished that way ever, and it's it's exposing that. It's it's exciting stuff. BTC, yes. I, I can see it. Round Valley, come uh, on, knock a mix in. Yep. What are you doing? Put the glide bait down for crying out loud. <laughs> Peach glide bait down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pick up the ice jig. <laughs> Peach ice jig. <laughs> it starts with getting that you know that 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 kind of technology on the boat, but you know, yeah, well, that's a big big part of it. Yeah, well, but this is great uh, uh, balsa crankbait conversations. <laughs> Keep going, yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> does does he does he tie like a three foot leader <laughs> and uh, one of the one Ott's OG slims on the back of of the yeah, ice? He's jig? got a balsa bait yeah. behind it. <laughs> can, he, can he double up? Right, it's just yeah, it's just kind of trailing behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Cody, you got to get advanced. No, this you know? is awesome. <laughs> No, that that's really fascinating, and and the White River does it that way, and I've been waiting for this to happen. Uh, we've been having these cold water classics, Dan. Like, when is somebody gonna win with like the ice jig, the 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 blade bait? You know, I I I'm so fast, I can't wait for that to win one of these big events. I, I agree, and I, I, I'm drawing a blank. Maybe it was Hartwell, but I remember Wheeler cut three of his five fish in, in one day of the Classic on one of these wintertime classics. Um, it, it, there's no questions asked. It, 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 I, I think it will, especially with the advancement of forward-facing sonar and guys understanding it. But I was talking to Mike about it this morning. I mean, it's just it's so new. You know, it's we're just on the very beginnings, the cusp of what what this what can happen with this and what you can do with it. You know, these fish are untouched. Um, it's going to be interesting. I got to believe in Hartwell with those fish as deep mm. as they go. And, you know, when Casey won with the underspin mm -hmm. and there's just those deep fish. I mean, I think it'd be a perfect scenario for it, but I, I don't know firsthand, but it, it's going to happen. I've got a lot of confidence in that. Well, we're going to get tested again. Yeah. Hartwell coming up. Uh, we're going to, we're going to mm -hmm. see, uh, you know, can it can it be done? Can it be done with one of one of these techniques? It's a little bit late in the season though. March, I don't know. You know, you might have to have a January or February classic, maybe. You it know? is true, and and like I was learning from Cody, it seems as there's that peak, like December, January, and it, it, it's, as you get into January, it, I think it tapers, and then eventually the fish abandon that and go to the bank when it warms to some magical temperature but let's talk window, about oh let's talk cool. about that dan when eventually it warms and they go to the bank <laughs> <laughs> the crocuses croak Perfect. and yeah, yeah spring is <laughs> sprung right we we've caught all the megalodons and and the loch ness monsters out of 100 feet of water that we want we've had enough <laughs> <laughs> get on the bank and look for sasquatch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of our guys loves to do that as <laughs> Oddly enough, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that, but that's, that's, you know, th there's a lot going on in that world, right? It, when, when we start going shallow and, uh, the, the flat sides are, um, you know, something that, uh, is, is really been effective and man, we've got a couple of really, really nice ones at Rapala that are, that are kicking butt up in the shallow water. That is a fact. And yeah, and would just hit the hit the stores uh probably about, well, about a month ago four or five weeks ago was the second round of the og baits the ott's garage and mm. i got to, it's been fun working with ott making these baits because as you guys know he's he's a flat side balsa crankbait mm. guru i mean he is, he is the epitome of that 
um, East Tennessee flat side, making stuff in his garage. Um, it's really cool. You know, he's actually hand carving the baits and giving us samples and lip angles and this and that. And to make this, this last one, OG tiny with him was, was a real treat. And, and when those fish are getting up out of that deep water and hitting the bank and the water's cold, it, I can personally attest the thing catches them. It's a dang vacuum cleaner. I mean, it's, it's an impressive little bait. That's it, it's it's awesome. I mean, that little flat side in, in the area where he's from in Tennessee are known for that. Right. So they're they're, you know, fanatical about building these little these little crankbaits. And uh, what what makes uh, what makes that crankbait so good? You know, uh, for me, I you know, I think it's about its finesse capacity. It's got an interesting uh, wobble. It's different from the the thumping and the the rolling nature of a lot of crankbaits. Uh, I think that helps. It's it's to me, it's more of a finesse crankbait. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. So if, if you're familiar with last year, we we introduced um, OG Slim, mm -hmm. which was similar to our DP flat body, but now Tiny is is the is like a smaller version of that. So Tiny is exactly that. It's very it's a finesse crankbait. It's real subtle. It is probably the, the most similar bait we have to that would be a shad wrap and it's a it's a it's a very tight wobbling subtle action in a, in a little snack size <laughs> but you can throw this on a light bait casting combo as i learned with hot um but it's a four foot runner and it I've, i honestly i've never seen a bait just catch fish like it does it's just it's almost like throwing a shaky head or something and and i'm not we have closed seasons up here so i'm not as versed in the cold water cranking as sure you guys are odd is in tennessee but witnessing it firsthand it was it's it's impressive that there there's a magic to that having and working with ott he he knows you know he didn't want the the pull point in the bill he's like it's got to be in the nose and it's got to have this kind of an this kind of angle and it's we we made it to his specs which is really cool for rapala to mass produce a bait that's typically only been built in garages you know so well what you what is the season it, like according to Ott? Like, uh, is it like a pre-spawn? Is it, it is it this time of year? So, it, 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 the general rule of thumb, and more so with with this one, the the more finesseful tiny versus the previous one, Slim, which Ott won a tournament in Florida. I mean, outside of pre-spawn on Slim, which is a flat-sided bait, but it's a, it's a bulkier flat side. This one is. Is more of your traditional flat side, which any t in the wintertime cranking, anytime the water's cool and cold, um, pre-spawn, and then again in the fall and all through the winter when the fish are shallow, it's 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 going to be one that it's going to catch them, no questions asked. Well, I I love fishing the the flat sides, and I find I find that you know they can be effective even in the like when the fish are trying to spawn. A lot of times you can you can catch them really in and around the spawning beds, you know, effectively, which is surprising. To, you know, you wouldn't think you'd be cranking around that stuff, but around where I, where I live, I, it's a big deal uh, in the pre-spawn during a little bit during the spawn. Obviously when they get wide open, it's, it's really difficult to get them off the spawning beds, but, uh, and then post-spawn, it, it can be really effective as well, especially, Especially in, in, in high pressure situations, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's just 
it's just so finessey and subtle and you know non and it's small so it's a little snack size that definitely when the fish are negative or neutral it's it's a great bait and it's one you know you could tie on tie into a kid's rod or whatever and just go fishing go throw it only dives to four feet so it's not going to get hung up as much and it's it floats it gets unsnagged floats back out of stuff it's 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 a fun little bait we're we're really excited it's uh I'm excited to see what it's going to do on the tournament trail this year. I think it's going to be a killer. Is it available right now? It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're shipping them. It's like everything in the world. It's, it's tough right now for shipping and everything's a little plugged up, but they're definitely flowing. They're out there. They're out your favorite retailer. So. Excellent. Dan, you're my favorite retailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I try, but well, we love all the 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 stuff that uh, Ott's been bringing to market and and with Propel and stuff. And uh, you, know, you talked about the uh, the shad wrap, and we're all been using them uh, right through the cold water months, and it continues to be a, a killer for us. But uh, what what is the killer for for Rapala this year? Did the ice jig win the sales competition this year? You know, I honestly don't have completely accurate numbers, but typically our number one selling bait is the number 11 floater in silver. Well, there goes our <laughs> trivia question for tonight. Great job, everybody. You're all fired. I'm going to freak home. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, You're Brian. picking up a trivia question. Yeah. Not <laughs> Why did you set that up? I don't know. I was just oh, curious. All right, that's, that's a what we always talk to Dan about. It's a long know? day. Now I got to come up with another. Oh, we got we that's got a, a whole you got a whole notebook of questions <laughs> over there. Oh. <laughs> CD, you, we you were just this out one. Fishing. This one's to you, Pete. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do that and then think up another question. Yeah, <laughs> Craig, you were just out with Pat, your son, yep. and you guys. Yep. And it's funny because we were we we I was talking that you were coming on, Dan. Uh, Craig is our environmental director here at Bash U, um, and you're, pro you're probably meeting him for the first time. Dan, Dan Quinn, that's Craig nice Durant. Nice to meet you, Dan. <laughs> nice to meet you, Craig. Yeah, yeah. But your you, your son, Pat, and you were out, and you caught a, a mess of crappie giants. Yep. And yep. how'd you catch them? Yep. In the in freezing cold winter right now. Yeah, on the F-11. Right on the surface. Really? Oh, right that's on the cool. Surface. I got video on my uh, Instagram page of it. Yeah. Um, I, the water was ah, mid forties, and they were huh. they were blowing up on it, blowing and in wow. about two two three foot of water, just catching slabs. And and we were getting bass with it, but we were we went out to catch some crappie. We were gonna we were gonna fry them up and have have a dinner. Where was this at? Well, I mean, South Jersey. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, South Jersey. Yeah, it was Alloway Lake. Somewhere, <laughs> yeah, somewhere within the vicinity of where we're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. It was, it was up on a tidal river, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, man, that bait. It, it, I, I have some that just have teeth marks all over them. Like I, I don't, I don't want to lose that bait ever. You know, what I mean, they, they just, they just kill yeah. it. And we were, we would, we would work it, and then almost like just dead stick it. And you would see the the crappie just push on it, push on it, push on it, and then they would just blow up. Yeah, you know. And uh, we we were, I mean, big ones. It's made, really it, cool. that crazy well, good. I crazy good. Yeah. It, in my opinion, that's one of the most overlooked and underutilized baits today. You know, it's one yeah. that everyone caught their first bass on it. This and that. True. And, 
And yeah. in a lot of walleye guys, they troll and they do this and that, it, it, which it's a great bait for. But day in and day out, like you can just go fish with that bait. And it is such a yeah. cool, unique way to fish yeah. that I honestly, I, I got, I fished it a couple years ago in a little river and it's hard to beat. You know, you could just reel it down and it floats back up and catch walleye and smallmouth and pike. And man, it's just a fun day of fishing like a small river. Yeah. It's hard to beat. Yeah, it seems like it's just so natural. Like it, it, they, they can't. They're not shy of it at all. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. They, yeah. they, they just gravitate to it, and, and especially when there's bait piled up in the winter, you know, and the bait's dying off, and you know, it just, it just, it was just magical. But hats off it to you guys because I think it really has a, a natural, subtle action that looks real. You yeah. know, and it acts yeah. like a dying bait fish, which mm-hmm. that's why that Lori Rapala made it. You know, yep. in 1936. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a story. I got a story about the. The nine S, the, the nine, you guys are talking about the 11. Yeah. We threw the nine a lot, and this was like one of the baits we threw way back, you know, one of the very first yep. bass baits. And um, the only time Mike ever took me to the Poconos, to his grandparents' place up in the Poconos, and um, I caught my PB trout, it was a, like a five something yep. lake tr- or yep. uh, brown trout on his lake and we were just like we were in the crawl dad the two of us and yeah you know he wanted to like run from one spot to another I'm like ah dude let's let's troll let me throw this thing out there and we're trolling over like i don't know 80 feet or something like that with a 9s and i caught that there's people out there with down riggers and i yep. caught that giant trout and i'm pretty sure he had his they, they, they took me home the next day and i never got invited you never back. got invited back <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah probably the way you behaved on the ride up nah, like nah, they, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> he's a competitor you know always has been but, but you know it's funny you mentioned that but i i was um, in uh, seneca falls in west virginia on a rainbow trout fishing trip with one of my brothers and they were throwing all kinds of crazy i broke that bait out that f9 and i caught in this tiny creek i limited out on on rainbows how about it? Everybody was throwing spinners and flies. Rainbows get love that jerk Rainbows bait. love oh, that. They, they, they love that bait. Yeah, they go crazy. I thought you yeah. were lying to me for so long. He's been telling me that he's been using the, <laughs> yeah. the floating uh, Rapala for, uh, like, uh, it's freezing out. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's 30 degree water temperatures. Yep. It's and And he's, well, in this situation it was 40, but it's I, not been I've, that way before. Up against the ice. Up, up against, against the ice. Wa- and come up into the surface and eat it. Popping them on the surf, twitching them like you would do do down in Florida, you know, when it's hot, you know, when it's hot out, catching them with that bait. Yep. Makes about as much sense as everything else right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The times we live in, folks. Cody Huff catching them out of 75 feet of water. When you you grew up with that bait and and, and a Johnson spoon and a Mep Spinner, that's what you grew up with, right? Yeah. There yeah, you go, but, kid. Make this work. Yeah. You know well, what, you know what? I still got them. I got a whole pegboard full of them. But, so but you also them. have yeah. a whole pegboard and, and boxes full of all kinds of, you know, other stuff. How do you go back to that? I, I just, just have so much confidence That's in awesome, it. dude, because yeah. it's so hard. You got so much stuff I know, anymore. right? Yeah. Right. You just have so much confidence in it. I'm not a great, you know, jerkbait fisherman. I'm okay, but that bait? How about it? Yeah, that bait. Well, all right. Back to you, Dan. I'm going to work on a trivia question it, now. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> get, 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 Dan didn't have the actual answer anyway. He hasn't done the sales. You didn't prep him for this interview. Uh, oh, man. We, oh, we got it. I got the text history to prove it. <laughs> all right. Maybe you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, number, number two, babe. <laughs> there you go. What's number two and number three? 
Keep it simple. I have no idea, Dan. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, te- te- oh, text BTC while no, we're going. Yeah, I, do, I, do I don't want to make Brian mad. Am I not supposed to say it or should I say it? No, no, no. don't say it. We're don't say it. it. Text it to him. We're going to use it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great, Dan. It's, it's as simple as that, man. It's as simple as going out there and throwing an ice jig around the blobs on your forward-facing sonar. Come on, a thousand Come feet on water. people. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You just got to lead them. That's all, right? Yeah. That's right. How long did the uh, did it take to go from idea to market, or, or, or idea yeah, to getting it on shelves for the OG Tiny? Rich, you win a Gills Gear twenty five hundred. Honestly, OG Slim and Tiny were both probably two of the quickest baits that we've ever operated with. I mean, with with OG Slim, Ott had them; he'd been making them. Uh, Mike used them in the classic i remember that yep and ott himself so he just he hand, i said what is, what's the deal i just read about this new raffle abate ott we don't even know about it at raffle <laughs> 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 like well i'm taking this and doing this and this and that is here you want some I'm like yeah i should probably take a couple back yeah. so <laughs> we did it we're like all right what else you know how how can we make it better he's like just make it exactly like this. So <laughs> basically, that's what we did. We added some cool new colors, and that was that was OG Slim. And then Tiny, he 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 actually took a bandsaw and carved the exact shape he wanted of the baits, just like he'd been making. The right thickness, the bill angle, the right size bill. He hit four feet. That was it. I mean, normally it's 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 a, it's back and forth with Finland and this and that, but Odd is so yeah. dialed in <laughs> and so good with product development. I mean, he's he's a master with that stuff. Right. So it's 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 really fun working with him, dude. He yeah. he literally gave Mike baits during the classic that yeah. that were were modified, could, yeah. like possibly pr- really play. Yeah, you know, and they did, um, but you know, it wasn't like the winning. The story deal, that we but. we had with him on Ike Live for that one was great. Just, yeah, you know, M- Mike Mike told it in such a way where you know he calls Ott, tells him what's going on, he needs baits, and Ott just says. All right, come on by the house. <laughs> Gives him some more crankbaits that he could possibly use to win the classic. You know what I mean? Like, if I calls Mike and yeah. says, "Mike, do we have any of these crankbaits yeah. that you're throwing that I might be able to use to beat you?" Yeah, yeah Mike, Mike's phone's out of service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of minutes, dog. Yeah, we'll ship that Call, right out. Yeah. We'll ship it right out. I, Boost we'll, Mobile yeah. just cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> my ne- my next tail's out. <laughs> Oh, that's that's throwing Ike right under the bus. Oh, I know. Wait, how, how dare us? It's all good fun. <laughs> we love both of them. Yep. Hey, well, what about IMs? Do we have yeah. people watching, Riz, yeah, we, that w- want to ask questions, Dan? We do. Believe it or not, there there's a few people watching. And uh, <laughs> Jay Water is the first one I'm going to go with. And it's it's such a, you know, it's so right on the topic because both baits are so similar. They're, you know, one's the full-size version, one's the smaller version. And Jay Water wants to know, when do I put down the OG and pick up the OG Tiny? What's the scenario that you need to be ready for to make that change? I mean, from my perspective, I would say as soon as the the fish are in that four-foot zone, I mean, all winter and and early, the Tiny is going to be the one to have on. The more subtle, it's more of a shad wrap, like a really cold water deal. And, and like Pete said, I don't think you really ever have to take it off. You can catch fish throughout the year on it for sure. But I think as the water warms um, and the fish get more aggressive and are looking for a bigger, bigger meal, um, 
Slim would be the one to try. And I mean, I've thrown it all throughout the summer, um, thrown it around wood and rocks and it, it's worked at that, but it's, it's bigger. It's, it's a little bit more aggressive. It's, it's, I'd say it's an aggressive flat side is the slim and mm. tiny is the subtle flat side, which I, and I, it's hard to say at, at like a specific water temperature, but I don't know, maybe one is for pre tiny is for pre-spawn and, and maybe right up to the spawn and then after spawn, it may still work. But as the water, as they're, they're truly like post-spawn, maybe slims when I'm, going to tie that one on i, I would yeah. say as, as a general rule of thumb but of course they're fish and they swim around and do their own deal they don't always read the book but i don't know it's kind of a general idea i don't know whatever no that's that's great answer dan the only thing i would add to it is is the crazy fishing pressure that we face is the time to bring out that tiny and uh when we're dealing with the big tournaments and uh you know just people burning down the banks it, it it's it's a tremendous tool uh, for that situation. So I just, I'd add it to that. Riz. Who asked that question? That was, uh, that was Jay water. Jay, Jay water. water. Yeah. Good question, man. And, uh, next one I'm going to go with, uh, and we got plenty of questions by the way, I'm going to read one more and then I'll, uh, I'll send it over to our boy, Alex, um, our intern, uh, next question is from Caden Argyle. And he wants to know, does depth in a crankbait more depend on what the line diameter is or what the type of line is it? like braid mono or fluoro yes yeah that's a good question and it so the diameter can help it get deeper um it, it all depends so most guys are cranking with fluoro and the advantages of fluoro is the feel the density of the the, the materials that fluorocarbons made of transmit the feel really well and and it sinks so it's, yep. it's not sinking like a rock, but it, as you make a long cast, it does aid you in getting deeper. Um, but in comparison, Seth Fighter fished a DT20 for an entire season on the Elites with six-pound mono. We have the new the Suffix Advanced Mono that came out as it was a prototype. He 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 lifted a tree off of Grand Lake with six-pound. He, he couldn't break it. He never broke it for an entire season on the Elites. Six-pound. Um, so he felt that diameter was so tiny that it actually performed better than, than, than fluorocarbon. Um, but braid wow. can, can act similarly, um, in, in it being so thin and you can fish with such a thin braid to get deep, but the downside is it doesn't have stretch and you can compensate with, with a looser drag and a, a more limber rod to absorb the the fish but braid is a little tricky with trebles i it seems overall they a lot of times you'll lose fish so you're better off having a softer line a fluoro or a mono um but yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of one of those things it can you know guy it's a personal preference i think personal if you really preference. want to yeah. tell well, you what yeah, strike to catch yeah don't and don't but you know mono gets the the bad end of the stick a lot uh, you know in talks of you know line that's good for techniques man you live somewhere that's you're 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 fishing shallow and you got to uh -huh. worry about you know picking stuff up off the bottom the snot the slime durability don't sleep on don't sleep on mono man because you can you can fish some, you can fish some baits on mono that you'd be fighting it again you'd be fighting against it the whole day if you're throwing fluorocarbon pulling the yeah. all pulling my the life snot. yeah all my all my life i've been doing this <laughs> um but no seriously seriously there's a time and a place for for both mono and fluoro don't don't, don't sleep on it you can you can make your bait you know yeah. act so differently if you go 
from six pound fluoro to 16 pound mono you're in a whole different section of the water yeah. just by adjusting that so. let me ask, did you talk to ott about the lip angle i know you he 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 played around with it but do you, did he talk to you about his motivation between uh you know making that angle the way that he wanted it did he a wider wobble or less of a wobble or uh did did you have that kind of conversation with him Briefly, I, I just he's got such a, a deep knowledge in it, and he did a lot of that work on his own in his pool and, and at his house fishing around. Yeah. And honestly, he, he has so much history with them. He, it, there wasn't much play. He kind of had a pretty pretty good direction on it right from the start. Um, not a lot of guys could just go out to the garage and make a crankbait. It's like it's ready to go. Real, you know. He he just kind of knows. But he said, you know, you don't want it too steep or too, you know, so this and that. It's just kind of a happy medium. And it's, it's, what's, what's really cool about it too is Ott is pretty simple. You know, he's kind of a minimalist with things. He's like, he doesn't get too carried away with the details on this or that. It's just like, this is just keep it between the lines. And it kind of it wanted to do this. And this is, this is a pretty simple approach to it, which is, it's amazing. And he, he's like that in fishing, you know, he doesn't overthink it. He's yeah. very basic and simple and arguably one of the best fishermen on planet earth so i i don't i, I guess I, I, go back to your question i don't i don't know if it was like this or like you know just like micro adjustments i didn't it's ultimately just kind of a pretty straightforward yeah. from what his experience has been with that style bait that's just what you do and that looked good dan go ahead do it dan, dan <laughs> my my guy can out simple your guy that's all i'm trying to say <laughs> We, we, keeping it keeping it simplistic they make fun of me dan because that's what i do i keep it simple you know was it you guys have the buddy with the brown paper bag or something <laughs> yeah totally totally yeah fish is out of a yeah, brown Bob paper bag Soli, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> fish two classics out of a brown paper bag. yeah so. yeah well jo george cochran won two classics out of a walmart bag yeah. so keep there's something to be something to be said it was a sponsor of his, wasn't it? <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> well, it, it became a sponsor of there his. There you go. Hey, wh what's up? That's where Bob. <laughs> that's where Bob missed out. He went brown paper bag. He didn't. He should have had a logo on that bag. Yep, needed it. That's why yep. he's a plumber. <laughs> All right. Next question we're gonna go with is uh, we're actually gonna let Alex oh. bring it in. Alex, cue him up. Our 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 fearless intern Put your pants from on, the Alex. Beach Towel Studios. <laughs> <laughs> that's right we are live at beach towel studios tonight excited to bring dan a couple more questions we appreciate everyone on the board and youtube getting all their questions in and dan i wanted to ask you this question that came in from pete's missing glide bait and what he wants to know is when would you pick up a regular build class plastic crankbait like a bx brat over a super thin bill or the circuit board style like the og slim so my take on that from what i've gathered from from the pros and fishing um I'd say overall, the, the circuit board flat-sided baits are is a general rule for the cooler water. Um, and then, and, and they work around cover, but we've got big hooks on that bait. So if you're really going to be fishing around a lot of cover in that warmer water, summertime stuff, that's when the square bills are really good. The BX in particular is um, the balsa extreme. It has a copolymer shell around a balsa core. So you get some of the liveliness and action of a balsa bait with the real good durability of a plastic bait. And 
that square bell time is when you're really you're, you're getting up in there you're, you're you're hitting it off dock poles and rocks and trees and you're really fishing aggressively just kind of cranking it in covering water going down the bank versus um, the flat sides are a little more more finessey I guess the cooler water when the fish aren't quite as aggressive that would be the general rule of thumb great absolutely yeah sorry sorry to no, cut you off no, great great answer Alex you got you got another uh, question for us yeah, this was another good one, Dan, that came in from Mike P. And he wants to know, how does Rapala maintain consistency and quality in all their balsa baits? Because, you know, we all know there's no two pieces of wood that are the exact same. So what's Rapala's strategy for trying to stay as consistent as possible while mass-producing balsa baits? That's, that's a really good question. And and I was really fortunate to get to go over to Finland and, and see it and observe it personally, firsthand. And I will say it was nothing short of remarkable. You know, it's kind of like the Keebler elf tree. Like it's, it's a really magical, special place. Um, just growing up as a kid fishing with Rapalus. And I think most any fisherman would get a kick out of it and appreciate it. But Rapala has its own balsa forest that they're constantly cutting and replanting and what? regenerating. Um, <laughs> that's, that's supplemental to um, just buying balsa outright. But we use on average like 10% of the wood, and then the other 90% of it is is sold off to other things. Like the probably the biggest consumption of balsa is the windmill industry. Yeah. Giant wings on the windmills are have a balsa core, and then model airplanes or various oh, things yeah. that use balsa. But yeah, so they only take 10%, um, and it's a it's a cool they 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 carve them into these these uh, sticks. And they glue them together. So every now and then you'll get a rapala that will maybe suspend or it won't float quite as much. And sometimes that'll be that where the glue was, which are oftentimes those are the ones. If you look in Mike's box, they'll have a little X on some of them. Those are the tournament ones. But um, yeah, it's it's a real precise process that that was developed over a lot of years. And I, it's just it, having people that pay attention. The people over in Finland are really really good they pay attention to detail and it's just i mean you got to have the right people over there paying attention to that stuff picking out the right wood um because otherwise it's just not going to be consistent and and there is some variation there just there is you can't oh, yeah. avoid some yeah. but as a whole to mass produce balsa baits it's 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 pretty magical what fin what our factory in finland does I, I imagine it's a lot like you know when they bring them tuna to the to the uh to the markets and got plunges it and yeah. right they, yeah. they grade it yeah yep. so, something like that maybe i don't know b plus yeah, it's a whole science onto itself and i i don't know the true the actual specifics but i've been there and observed and it, it's impressive it's very impressive well i i had heard that balsa was at a shortage because of the windmills hmm. and that the advancement of that and i was thinking about you as you were responding to that but uh but i i'm I'm fascinated. You guys have your own forest. I that's that's unbelievable. I didn't realize that was part of what Rapala was doing. Forest. The magical Rapalian forest. They <laughs> <laughs> got shad wraps growing off of yeah. trees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're like made of candy and stuff. You fuck them off. Uh, yeah. All right. Does Sasquatch so live in that forest? A shad coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeti or something. Like that. What uh, time of year does the uh, DT6 demon bloom yeah. on that in that forest? It's spring, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, March, April, yeah. usually. Right, right, right. For sure. Fair enough. Uh, For sure. <laughs> DT20 comes around in late June. 
right. <laughs> <laughs> DT Sunny, <laughs> Disco Shads. Oh, the Disco Shad Bloom is amazing this year. <laughs> oh, that's that's such a great social post. We need to see those it's balsa so trees <laughs> sprouting DT6s and DT20s. It's beautiful. I can see it. Uh, yeah, that would that would be good. Some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff, dude. You got more questions, Riz or Alex? Yeah, I, I got one here. It's um, uh, Sinclair Fishing wants to know uh, what are some of the sparks or the motivation for Rapala to come up with all of the new and unique colors? Well, um, it's it's honestly I I got to do those with the pros and it was really cool. Um, Launcher, awesome. it's basically being around these guys fishing tournaments and getting out in the boat with them and actually fishing with them and talking to them, digging through boxes and just seeing, you know, a lot of guys are custom painting baits, this and that. And and, and my goal is to try and make baits that you take out of the package, you tie them on and you go fishing with. And whether that's a top tournament pro or it's me or it's you or it's anyone, anyone. Um, So that's kind of the goal. And, seeing that when you have a great bait there's you know you can only reinvent the wheel so many times but you can add cool new colors to a great bait so that's kind of was the strategy with that there there's there's so many cool new colors we made all those great colors with mike the ike's custom ink right um and and those were eight or ten or twelve maybe we have that are great new colors but there's just there's so many more and you kind of just like, oh my gosh, look at all these colors we could do. And you kind of whittle them down. You meet and say, what do you guys think? Well, there's four or five guys that really like this color. And long story short, you kind of bring that to the table and we put our own raffle spin on. We have some real great color guys in Finland that we, we kind of share our my research and development with them. And do they, they look like Opalumpus? Samples. <laughs> and, and now we're, we did five. Um, New ones in OG Slim, which we brought into the DTs, and now we did an, another set of five in Tiny, which some of them actually have. What? Well, I'm like, this is probably the one of the coolest, craziest <gasps> new colors we've ever done. Oh my! And that's um, who's special? Yeah, turn it. Let me see the belly. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's BTC. Say it right there. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of one of those garage shop colors, which if you look at this, it's it's probably one of the only Rapala baits that you'd say, I that's a custom painted Rapala, but it's wow. it's not. It's a garage shop type look with fishnet kind of lacing on it. Some guys call it pumpkin seed. It's one of those, but it's cool that you see it in enough guys' boats. They've got this crazy color. Like, what the heck yeah. is it? It looks like a walleye color. But so bring it to the table. Now we've got it out in these baits and it's it's cool it's just it's fun it's fun to bring out new colors that that work and people always like have you gotta have new colors so what what, speaking of new what what are you guys working on what what can we expect to see at icast can you let anything out of the bag what what's what's cooking at rapala right now well we've had two og baits in two years so there's a Pretty good chance there'll be another OG bait. So so Odd is still yes. pretty busy in the garage. Yeah. We're, we're keeping him busy whittling in his garage. Uh, He's in Finland right garage. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There's there's always some cool new stuff coming. But yeah, yeah new OG baits. And uh, well, not to get too ahead of ourselves, the, the one we haven't talked about that I'm sure everyone who 
likes bass fishing has caught wind up. Uh, DTA. Mm. Yeah, that's, I gotta, I gotta that's one that. that for years and Pete, years we, I've wanted, and I think everyone's wanted. Dan, we all six. want that. Pete just took a big breath. He just yeah. and exhaled. It was, it was amazing. Like, come on. It. Can I have 10 of them in old school? You go You go right from <laughs> 6 to 10? We need the 8. Yeah. And here, here, here it, it is. is. There it is, Pete. Here yeah. it is. Yep, body of a 6, <laughs> a little smaller bill like a 10. And <laughs> it's a good one. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm saying it, but I truly, everything we're introducing right now, we're not introducing lots of things. They're very, very, you know, there's a good reason we're doing them. Yeah. And they're, they're quality fish catching lures. And it's, I, I love that. I love that that plan. Um, it's, each one's very meaningful. So a DT8, it's Having fished it quite a bit, it, it's an amazing bait. It's probably the most uh, snagless crankbait in the whole lineup. It, I mean, it, it dives. It, I mean, it gets down, and it'll it'll get deeper than eight if if you throw it. You'll notice that pretty quick. But it dives at such an angle that the hooks are hooks are up here, and it. I mean, I watched Gerald Swindle throw it in this giant, dead old lay down tree, and he just he could not get it hung up. Wow. It was it was impressive. It's it's going to be a good one. It's could... definitely going to be. A, be one of the keepers. In the I could DT get him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you can't. <laughs> I know I could. How does it? How does it do coming through 70 pound braid wrapped around branches? <laughs> well, red, red, red Cajun line. <laughs> Christmas tree lights. <laughs> it's 50 50. It's really. New Jersey, you got to fish you know? tires and Christmas tree lights. <laughs> That's that's a hard one to come through, but it, but it seems like it's in the, operates in that depth mm. zone, and I love the wigglewort, uh, you know, Dan, and and I use mm. that bait a lot. So the DT8 seems like it operates. Guys are catching them on it, right straight there up. In, yeah. in that zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you if you brought up another one, and I and and we've got yet a third one is the wigglewort. Is we've got the deep wart. Yes. Ooh. And that that'll hit that I've seen it hit thirteen on a cast. That's the which, planner's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know you love you love these these things, Pete. But oh man, this is this is another good one. We this one took two years to make. It looks like we just made the bill a little bit bigger, but a lot went into it to keep it stable enough to be able to fish and cast and not blow out. It's. I'm pretty excited about this one too, but it's you know it's a deep wart. I mean, a wiggle wart's a wiggle wart. You can't deny that. And a one that goes about four feet deeper is it's a, it's a good one. That's pretty. It's going to be a pretty effective tool, Dan. And uh, it's uh, it it's been awesome having you on. And uh, as always, we love having you with us. But we get we got to keep you with us yes. because we got a trivia question that only you know the answer to. Uh, yes. And I'm going to throw it over to you to Stockel BTC <laughs> because I screwed up the the original question apparently. And uh, what what's the what's the question? What's the trivia question? I don't know, Dan. What's the question? The the I can pull it out. You got the answers for both two and three, right? I believe so. I want to know what the yeah. I got it. Go ahead. You 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 spit it out. What's what's the number two and three? Top selling skews for Rapala. Is that color or just? Uh... Damn it, Pete! You messed one up. Why go mess this one up? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on! You can't say skew. I said you're, skew. You're talking about SKU. color when you do that, I man. Said, I, well, dance. So we're skew. just talking about bait. You just, don't have to be color specific. Just style of bait. All right, style of bait. 
Style of bait. <laughs> style of bait, number two and number three. Gotta get both every of them. single lure we make, the best-selling color is and always will be silver. Wow. Yeah. Get out of here. Silver with black back. Yep. Yep. That was the one. That's amazing. Guys, we need the details on this. We need the details. I, I actually we saw the We don't need color. No, we don't need color, but we need the we need the sizes. We need the sizes. I saw the, the I saw bait? the I saw the baits come in, but I don't see the, the name I don't see the sizes on there. What do you so think? Let's be specific. One? The the original floating minnow. Okay. What would be number two? It it did it couldn't be the DT six. It couldn't be that. Why couldn't it? Well, it maybe be. it could. That should be number one. Maybe it could. But right. True. I'm thinking about guys walking into a tackle store in uh, you know southern out. Quebec and uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking at the shelf and they're buying something and and the same guy walking you know V-neck shirt. A lot of chest hair. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. Nice <laughs> <laughs> tin cups. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about the guy walking into the mama top, ta mama pop tackle store. What's he buying? What's catching his eye? And what is he buying? Cigarettes, beer, and ice. And <laughs> and and a original floating minnow. Poutine. And poutine. And what's the what's second third? Oh my gosh. Hey, do we have a correct answer yet, Chris? Nope. Wow. Definitely poutine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't so imagine. Where's the, I, uh, the other the jig come into play? The ice jig? I don't know. Nah, the ice jig's not international yet enough. Really? But it won number one, Dan. It was like the top seller one year. Or is it? Hmm. Or did I just start everybody? Dan's, Dan's not giving away nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it was number one for an entire year. So, but it's not. It's not the answer to one to this question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mm. know the rules of this. Well, um, while they ask, I can tell you this: we talked a lot. Seth w uses the the hook with the split ring, yes. and. That was a big question. A lot of people are talking about it. Uh, that that from VMC. That's a, a you know the advantage the that like Seth that. has. He says that this lands more fish for him. It, it allows the bait to work more freely and catches more fish. That that was a huge addition to the VMC lineup. He he loves it. Are the other guys throwing it too? The ring wide gap. Yes. Yeah. No. Honestly, no. Um, good. It's a Seth deal. Yeah, he swears by it. It obviously it works. It's it's funny because it's it was a thing in saltwater we tried. It kind of failed, and then in bass, um, Seth, it, it works. Seth loves it. it some guys love it. That's um, the, that's the recommended hook for the gilly. Right. Right, Dan. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. That's the hook. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The ring wide gap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it gives stuff a lot more action. Um, yeah. It's funny. No, Seth's talked about it. He's been open. He's not trying to hide it. But I haven't caught wind of a lot of guys. I'd say more guys, are, they're very much into the straight shank. Seems all, almost all the time. So. Dan, did you ever see that knot Seth ties with the three tag ends on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, man. 
was it was a classic. I think it was Hartwell back before the split, and he had that in his boat. And and I just saw a post. Well, from it's like the San Diego jam knot, right? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, a lot of that's got the three tag ins. Mm. Is that what it is now? Yeah. Right. It's same thing. I don't know. Yep. Uh, I think it I is. Believe- that's yeah. just a lot of ruckus, man. I don't know. I, I, All right, we're gonna have to backtrack here. Uh oh. On a winner. There's, Did you get lost? No, Where's... no. I, I, I'm just not seeing it. Uh, well, blame Pete. Seeing it coming in <laughs> for the number two bait for the exact. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna broaden it right? out a little bit. What? And if somebody gets it right, it'll. Uh, I can't believe our don't Dan. Skip. I got to be honest. We have Ken Duke on the show. Who has the most brilliant trivia questions ever? Googleable. And, well, some are, some aren't. True, true. And and our guys get them instantly. Uh, we've never had a question go this long. Yep. Yeah. This is crazy. So the answer, Mr. Higgs got it right. I'm going to give it to him. Is uh, the answer that he gave was a shad wrap and a jigging wrap. True, true. Those are the two skews. Uh, the, the, the fine tuned details to it. And I'm just going to scroll through, make sure that it didn't come in again, but the fine tuned details we were looking for was a shad wrap seven and a jig and wrap seven. But Mr. Higgs, you got the two baits <laughs> right together in the same. I am, they were spelled correctly. So you made my life easy and I appreciate that. I appreciate so Mr. Higgs. I got you dog. You, you got some crankbaits headed your way. Yeah, That's awesome. Right on, man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, as a bass fisherman, you get so entrenched in the bass world, but there's so many people that just fish in general in a shad rat and our real <laughs> successful lures. They're, they're great lures for bass, walleyes, peacock bass, Xander overseas, like those big global yeah. worldwide hits are, are like the floater and a shad wrap and a jig and wrap. Yes. So it's, those consistently are always three of our very best sellers. Wow. Well, it's It's great. Great info. And a great guest, congratulations on your win. And it's it's interesting because uh, we were just talking about uh, Roland Martin going, you know, fishing down in southern Florida. But Al Linder is in the same class. He's still getting it uh, every day, isn't he? Al, Al is absolutely amazing. So just like Roland and just like Ron was, um, yeah. No, Al, he can't wait for the ice to thaw out. He's out looking for bites and filming shows. And, yeah, I mean, that's just, he lives for it. And he's amazing at it. Yeah, he's a special kind of, yeah, a special guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. You, yeah, you don't have a name that that big for that long by accident. Mm. You know what I mean? Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, well, well he's, he's done so much in the sport and done so much with Rapala. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, it's pretty wild. You know, and you're doing great stuff, Dan, and we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with us and uh, having fun. And I appreciate you talking about the ice jig and giving that stuff up, man. That is so unique, and and uh, I, I can't wait to uh, to when the ice melts. I can't wait to get out and start working for that kind of bite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole other can of worms. It's a whole other show. I mean, Cody Huff, you have to have him on sometime, and we he'll do. go into it, but. Yeah, it's cool. But no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I love it. I love talking fishing and baits and it's fun. It's fun, especially when there's so much cool new stuff happening and evolving. I really I really appreciate it and get into it. So it's fun. Dan, you're gonna you're gonna take us out the song? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, we got to do a Facebook. We still got to give one more thing away. We want to give that away with Dan on, and then we'll just we'll just wrap it up and close with him. Or Stan's favorite song. What's What's your favorite song? Come on, Pete. <laughs> Brian and I like to sing "Sweet Caroline" together. Oh, is that right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> while while right, walking through the it. forest in Finland. Oh, oh my so God, good. dude. <laughs> Oh my God! Why the DT sixes are hanging <laughs> from the branches? What a beautiful dream that is! <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's snowing ice cubes. <laughs> <days. laughs> That's amazing. All right, this had to be at an event. This had to be at an event. The singing. What do you got, Riz? All right. Yeah, we got a Facebook like and share winner. It's a, it's through the randomizer. It is in. Sean Forrest, congratulations. Sean Forrest, you are tonight's Facebook like and share winner, yeah. my brother. You just won six DTs and OG Slim Crack yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Thank you very Goodness. much for providing those baits for us, Dan. And thanks for all you do with Bass University. Oh, my gosh. We cannot wait until we're back in the classroom next year. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I hope I can get to one. I hope so. I hope so, too. We'll let you know. And, uh, and thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, Brian, do you got it queued up? Too. Won't be able to boost this post on Facebook. <laughs> no, no, I gotta kill it. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, it's funny. Copyright yeah. infringements on my side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we need we need the acapella version, man. Never mind. Never mind all the spam. Uh, you know, messages you get and accounts yeah. that hit you yeah. up, but. Don't play Sweet Caroline because yeah. Facebook will come get you. Yeah. <laughs> Our YouTube's getting hammered by Russian bots and don't play Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Promote it on every channel in the world. <laughs> freaking uh, I, I love it. Well, Dan, thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch up with you next time. Uh, we're probably going to do another visit with you sometime this summer, so and we'll see you at the Classic for sure, buddy. That's right. Absolutely. Sign me up. No, look forward to seeing you guys at the Classic. Thanks yeah. for having me on. It was fun. Oh, uh, you bet. Man, Dan man, Quinn, Rapala, thank you, man. Great times. Oh, what the hell Appreciate you. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh love it. Too good. Love it. Right. But, uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so thanks so much. Thanks uh, to everybody. Everybody for the questions and thank you, C D, for coming yeah, in and hanging out with it. us. Yep. It's cool being here. Yeah. Yeah. We fished our first buddy tournament on the Potomac River, wasn't it? Was yeah, it that? Potomac or Delaware. One of the two. One of the two? One of the two. Yeah. It's been it's been a long time since we the fished. Plugs is out of the boat, roll. you know? Put the boat in without a plug. Alex. <laughs> we did that? <laughs> we did that. Where did mm -hmm. we do that at? Uh, Potomac. Alex, we got, we got any, any, any outstanding nice. uh, things, observations from tonight on, on the social media channels or you personally? I'm sorry, you were, you were tucked away all night long. No, it's all good, Brian. We had a lot of good comments come in. Lots of great questions for Dan. People enjoyed the balsa talk. I think there's always a lot of crankbait heads roaming around YouTube nowadays. So we appreciate everyone tuning in, all the comments. There was definitely a lot of guessing fests going on on all sides for the giveaway. Took people a while to get that one hammered down. But, yeah, nothing too crazy happened. No bots. Nobody hacked us. So we got <laughs> to do the live show. <laughs> safe and, I, I, I saw them. Safe I, and sound. I saw them on YouTube. 
I saw a couple, but I tried to kick them out pretty quick. So I think I did a good job. You did a great job. Thank man. you. Thank you. Thank you're, you you're, you're in the military, Alex. Do you have any commando stories? Run around with I no do pee, but I think we'll save that for a, a Zoom on, seminar man. sometime. We'll have to let's put that one behind a paywall. We, we, we gotta start. We gotta start bash you live after hours. Yeah, for these yeah. kind of stories. <laughs> We're gonna start swapping these kind of stories. We might need to up the ante a little bit for the buy-in. You know what Come I'm saying? Jacqueline oh, yeah. pulled it off, and she she was you know PG. <laughs> Oh, this one's not PG, Pete. It was nuclear. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now you're not getting off the air without giving us a taste of this. What's oh. go, what do you got, Alex? So I'd say long story short, when you eat MREs for about four days, you get pretty plugged <laughs> up and you get ready to go home. You start chewing on some of the, the laxative gum and you're just sitting there waiting for the bus to pull around the corner and you let one go. And next oh, thing you go, it's going right up your lower back. So <laughs> oh, no. we'll leave it there. And... You got to get on the bus. Oh, Don't leave it there. What happened? What'd you do? Made a, a quick run into the restroom, did a little swap, and there's might be a nuclear waste site somewhere in southeastern Indiana that the world will never know about. That's all. That's all I'll leave it at. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> Two shows in a row. We got poopy stories. Dude, come right in at the end. You remember McGraw's story from Champlain? No. John McGraw. <laughs> So we all took a trip to Champlain, and McGraw, John, our buddy of ours, John McGraw was up there, and he was eating ham and cheese sandwiches all week. And like four or five days into it, you know, he was like, <laughs> he hadn't gone yet, and he was really bound up. And, and, and he uh, already know. And he, ham and cheese for a whole week. And he realized he had to, he had to leave early, and because um, you know he just wasn't feeling well. So he drives <laughs> drives all the way back to Jersey, you know, and to Sunday hangs out with his roommate at the time and drinking beers and like. Finally, like, it falls asleep Sunday night, like 2 a.m. It hits him, you know, and it's like, boom, it's go time. And, and in the dark, he makes his way to the bathroom like, oh, shit's going down. And he gets to the bathroom and, you know, and as and as it's happening, something something's wrong down there. And he realizes there's there's there's, there's something wrong, you know. And he has to go in to investigate. He has oh, to get. Has I to remember get, this story. He has, get, he has to get manual on it. You know? oh. <laughs> this isn't taking care of itself. He's got to. He's got to assist in this. Oh. <laughs> and oh. he just starts pulling, you know, out of out of his the plastic. The plastic from the oh ham. Oh my god! Oh, oh. he's got to take the plastic off all week. He was he was really hungry. I guess the deli slicer didn't take the plastic off the ham. Oh my god! Something something your dog would do. Uh, <laughs> I can say the amount of times I've had to do that to my dog. Come oh my on, McGraw. Oh. Hell, man. That's nasty. Johnny had to do it to himself. Oh. Started a champagne. Yeah. He's got a rough track record up there. <laughs> like, I watched him just drive straight over a shoal. Like it was like out of the water. <laughs> he didn't have ham and cheese to blame on it this time, though. There's no blaming ham and cheese. Just drove right over a shoal. <laughs> it was marked on the graph. Don't drive here. 
Maybe he was thinking about ham and cheese. I don't know. Good Lord. Jacqueline Cherry, see what you started? Oh, my God. It's going to be a, a repeat performance here on the next Bashing Live. Oh, man. Oh, it's great stuff. Thank you for sharing that story with us, Alex. We had to <laughs> we had to drag it out of you, but it was awesome. Appreciate you, man. Glad you got a good laugh out of it, Pete. I think I enjoyed seeing you <laughs> laugh about those stories more than I enjoyed telling it. So <laughs> glad we could keep it entertaining. <laughs> that was that was some good stuff. We got more to come. We got more to come, and we're going to be are we back? We're back next week, and then we have a week off, right? Probably, maybe. Pro- yeah. Yes, we'll be back next week, and then uh, we got a lot coming up, guys. We're going to be down at the uh, Elite Tournament. Down the St. John's River. So, uh, if you're a subscriber, come by and see us. We're gonna be. We have a Bashu tent down there. We got a lot of great stuff, and uh, we've always wanted. Here's a really cool thing just happened today. We've we haven't been able to work with Keith Combs, one of the the greatest anglers on the planet, with a tremendous specialty in in working the big crankbait and and a lot of some other stuff too. But we're gonna be able to hopefully work with Keith Combs this year because we're going to be on site at the Bassmaster Tournament down at the St. John's Did somebody communicate with him? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I'm not just, you know, well, throwing I, it out I, there. I'm just saying. Brian. I'm excited about it because we've always wanted – he's wanted to work with us. We want to work with him. But it seems like we're going to be able to make it work out. Uh, hopefully there at St. John's, if not one of the upcoming elite tournaments. And I uh, look forward to doing that. So come do- come by and see us if you're a subscriber. If you're not, come by and see us. We got something cool for you. We want to no. try to get you part of the program. If you're a subscriber, get your life together. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> what the hell? You're gonna be a better angler. I've t- you're gonna learn. You're gonna what's? How do you do a bed, Riz? Lanes. 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 Break it down by lanes. You're gonna learn how to break down a bed by lanes. I mean, nobody else is teaching that. We got. The, we got the corner on that right, market. Hold, hold on. So you're close to a thousand seminars in the Bass University li- Library, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Where would you rank, uh, uh, Drew oh, Cook? Thank you, Drew Cook seminar on bed fishing. Oh uh, well, compared to other bed fishing seminars, compared to the the library. Well, compared to other bed fishing seminars, it's it's tied with number. I, I just don't. I, it's it's the top. It's really really good. It's the it's the top bed fishing seminar. There's more detail there than I've ever heard before. There's things I've been doing this thirty years. I've never heard before. You've been doing it longer than that, dude. Well, so. that yeah, that's true. That took me when I was five. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Anyway, it really really good stuff. Overall seminars. Overall, uh, just throw a number out there. Overall, man. as as far as its ability so to help to anglers catch fish in this. Com- it's it's man. Still it's top. High. It's, up it's there. top five percent. It's top five. Yeah, yeah. it's up there. So it's you're at really you're good. at one thousand or going to be at one thousand? Well, we're going to pass one thousand next couple months. You're going to have yeah. a celebration on that? Uh, we we should. should. I mean, that yeah. should be we you want, know. probably yeah. not. You know, it's probably not. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we're trying to get next it. couple <laughs> months. By the, by the way, I see it. It'll be like I don't know, mid May. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that time I think it's mid mid. Next couple of that's months, perfect, three months. That's a perfect time to go up north and and you fish get on like the Thousand road. Islands. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Pete, know. I was gonna, I was gonna keep the cost low. I was just gonna say, let's all just go out to the flats <laughs> and get some pizza. Have yeah. a good day. Yeah. Well, when we pass a thousand, we're gonna have something special. Yeah, we'll have a big catfish a, fry. We've been 
thinking about <laughs> it and talking about it for a while. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. It's a big deal. But, yeah, good stuff. Uh, go, you know, Alex get subscribed. Will, yeah, Alex will send you a bus ticket for that trip. Yeah. <laughs> rather walk. Thumbing. <laughs> 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 so I'll take my chances on the open road. He's going to ride the magic carpet that he has hanging. <laughs> <laughs> ride the magic carpet. That's great. <laughs> Alex's well, magical oh magic carpet. What, what, what were those daily uh, rations called? MREs. MREs. We'll, we'll give you some of those and throw you on the bus. <laughs> yeah. You'll be there before you know. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Gotta get Steve Donis to draw Alex riding the uh, Magic Dance Carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. All right, Alex. Well, you know what time it is, bro. Yeah. Alex, we, mm-hmm. yeah, we, I've been hearing something about this closeout. Well, no, no, the closeout, I, I closeout's gotta, the end, the end, the end, the end. So, it. you know, we're going to wrap it all up, and then my man's got the last words. So. Alex, let's give it a – you know, we'd love to have you down at the Classic this year. So, give, give, give us me your, a shout. We'll touch base with you uh, this week, you know. Yeah, give us your – we've, we've tried to do that before, but you're a pretty busy guy. Yeah, give us your excuse. Uh, what, what time's the call this week? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty busy week this week. All right. Well, next week, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday about 10 o'clock. Yeah, Alex, Alex can get me any time. He knows. Yeah. Busier next he week. Knows. <laughs> I got good news for you. I'm, I think I'm all out of excuses. I might have to get my butt down to South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Come on with it. Folks at home, let, the, let it be known that Travis Manson and Smallmouth Crush did not offer Alex a trip to the Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. Or even invite them. <laughs> All right. Hey, you can thanks. stay with me and BTC, and then you might not want to come back. That's right. But. Hey, thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks, BTC. <laughs> thanks, Riz. Thanks, CD, Eco Bass Angler. Appreciate all you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks, Dan Quinn, uh, for sharing the night with us. Appreciate you, as always. We're going to be back next week with another Bass University Live. Get yourself subscribed. 60 days free. It's going to run out. It's, run, it's this time of year. Go over to Bashy.tv, get yourself subscribed. I'm Pete Luzik for Bash University. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.